everybody. TLC is back again. I know it has been a very long time since you have heard from me. Uh, well, let's see. What did I miss? I have to wish you guys Merry Christmas, Merry New Year. I mean, obviously, like, Happy Hanukkah if you're Jewish, too. I didn't think about that, but Happy Hanukkah, too. Uh, Merry Christmas, I think, is probably more important to most of my viewers, though. And uh, we are in America, so Christmas is, like, the national holiday here more. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Three Kings Day, if anybody celebrates that. Anyway, yeah, it has been a very long time. I believe my last episode was, like, December 6th or something. I haven't seen you guys since last year. <laughs> that still wasn't funny. Anyway, uh, it has been quite some time, definitely. Uh, I am sorry for having not, uh, how do you say, having not recorded an episode in a long time. Um, lots of stuff been going on. I mean, Christmas was a busy time. We had midterms for school. Uh, sometimes, you know, you forget I am a, I am a student, despite my incredible wisdom at my young age. <laughs> um, and yeah, just generally it has been a very, very crazy time, and I have not had a chance to record anything new, and I'm probably very behind on a lot of events that have been happening, all kinds of things have been going on, but, um, very much, uh, uh, well, I mean, today is, well, that today, the day I'm recording this, you'll listen to this the day after Martin Luther King Day, but today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which uh, is a big part of, well, not really a big part, but it ties into what I'm going to talk about today, at least. And um, that is going to be um, one of his quotes, actually. Uh, his quote is that, the quote is that, sorry, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I think that ties into lots of different things. Um, it ties into, it definitely ties into abortion. That's a big thing it ties into. Obviously, um, Dr. King was using it to describe racism, most likely, uh, specifically. However, Dr. King was also very, very much against abortion. You can look up his quotes on that. Um... I could bring one up for you now. I have it up here. Okay, here we go. Here is another quote from Dr. King uh, in honor of his day today about abortion. This one is, like, very literally about abortion. It's on the topic of abortion. He says, The Negro cannot win if he's willing to sacrifice the futures of his children for immediate personal comfort and safety. That is Martin Luther King Jr., my friends. Sounds like he was alive today, because that's the kind of stuff that's going on. Really, it's it's a bit ridiculous. But even back then, he had, this guy had the right idea. If only he was still around today, then people wouldn't be able to take his words and use that to justify burning down minority neighborhoods in the name of racial equity. Anyway, the point is that today, even though today's episode is not about abortion... It is about the importance of human life, which is definitely something that Martin Luther King Jr. talked about and spoke about, and the injustice that is threatening justice everywhere that I am specifically referring to today is euthanasia. I guess it's two, euthanasia and assisted suicide. They're kind of, like, put together. Um, they're technically different, but it's, like, a very minute, small difference. 
Basically, euthanasia is when you kill the patient without their consent, and then assisted suicide is when you kill the patient with their consent. Uh, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what the exact thing is. Obviously, feel free to uh, send me something, correct me if I'm wrong. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can email me at weneedtlc at gmail.com. You know, lots of different ways to contact me. Anyway. Uh, point here being that even though there is a slight difference between them, in the end, they are the same concept. It's the idea of ending the life of somebody because you don't feel like they would be able to continue living from a medical standpoint. Like, it's like plugging, taking someone off life support, um... Or someone coming to you and saying that they're depressed, they can't go on anymore, or they're this sickness, maybe like some kind of pain is dry, it's ruining their life and there's no point in being alive anymore. And, you know, your first instinct, or at least what I really truly believe the first instinct of all people would be to do is just to help this person. But it's not... Like, why is the first, in, why is people's first instinct nowadays, like, yeah, okay, you think you should die? Sure, let's help you with that. It's like, what? It's, it, it's so weird. Like, I'd say it's laughable, but it's almost like, like, it's a bit dark to be laughable, basically. And I will get into this a little more later. Well, not that much later. It's going to be a few minutes. But first, of course, we have to do our liberal meme review. We have not done this in, what, like a month now? It's been a long time. Let's get back to a meme about something. I don't know anything. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know what? Let's not even make it a liberal meme review. Let's just make it something funny. Let's go with a Trump meme. I don't know. <laughs> Those are always good. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Okay. We have here... Something. Uh, oh my god. There's a picture of Trump says the wall is coming from Game of Thrones. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's eh, maybe nothing crazy. Uh, oh no. <laughs> no. Oh, I need. I really need to get like. I really need to figure out how to get something so that I can show you guys this like on camera because. Like, I found one, and it's Donald Trump's hair, like, blowing in the wind. And then next to it, there's, like, there's, there's corn. And the corn has that the weird stringy stuff on the top, and it's blowing in the wind, and it looks like the exact same. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, oh, this is, this is crazy. I can't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Some people have, I don't know where people find these things, man. Like. I, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> and I really... I, I'm not gonna, I don't have anything against Trump. I mean, I probably was a bit more supportive of him before he went, like, all anti-pro-lifers and that weird one thing. I mean, but then again, it was like one tweet. Well, not tweet. I don't even know what the social media website is called. But one post on, on Truth Social, I think it's called. 
I don't know, whatever thing he uses nowadays. And he said the thing about how, like, uh, people who are pro-life were being, like, that that was the reason they lost, because people were being too aggressively pro-life. But, I mean, whatever. It's, like, he's still not as bad as Biden, at least. Still, I think I think I'm going for DeSantis in 2024, because... I'm actually going to be able to be vote in 2024. Oh, wow. That's weird. I feel old. Yeah, I'm only 16, guys. Don't worry. It's not It's not that bad. Okay. Anyway, back to our actual video. So, euthanasia. Not youth in Asia, as my sister thought it was when I was trying to explain this to her. Euthanasia, as in E-U-T-H-A-N-A-S-I-A. So, not Asian children. Euthanasia is bad. <laughs> so, the... I mean, I always understood the euthanasia was a thing. I mean, I didn't know how frequently it happened. I also assumed it only happened to criminals. Like, I thought it was like the death penalty thing. It's called when you euthanize someone um the only others other what's the word experiences i've had with it were not well not experiences but you know what i mean like hearing of it um would be probably like the concept of taking somebody off life support it's only really been in movies and like news though thankfully thank god it's never been a situation in real life that i've been exposed to at least and the only other thing would be in cases like with dogs and animals in shelters, that they're going to euthanize them, which is horrible. And I'll get back to that later. But uh, remember that point, how everybody says that euthanizing animals in shelters is terrible and horrible and evil. I mean, it's pretty obvious where I'm going to go with that point, but just hold it there. Hold that thought for a second. Anyway. So, uh, I was watching Freedom Tunes. It's a YouTube channel. It's a great channel. Please watch it. They are almost as funny as I am. Anyway, um, so one of the videos was about euthanasia in Canada, and it came out pretty recently, right after there was a whole thing about the weird, creepy Canadian company that released, like, a commercial romanticizing euthanasia and killing yourself, which was super, super freaky. And basically the, uh, I'll give you a short thing of the video. The video is basically about, like, it started a lot with those videos about, like, self-improvement things, like, oh, is your life messed up? Are you doing this? Is nothing working out your way? And it was just like, but then instead of the normal thing where it's like, oh, you should try this, you should do this, you should try doing this, it just said, you should kill yourself. Welcome to MAID, medical assistance in dying. And I was like, what? I obviously thought the thing was a joke. It was, and I understood that the point of the joke was like, Oh, this is what they're doing in Canada with all the euthanasia, yada, yada, yada. But then, I like, a few weeks later, I realized that MAID is actually the name of, the pro- of a program in Canada for euthanasia. Medical assistance in dying, MAID, is actually a real thing. Like, what? Wh- wh- whose idea was this to create a, well, not company, but like a program called medical assistance in dying so that people who 
are suicidal can get killed. I really, really do not see the point of that. Like, there are Canadian doctors who are bragging about having euthanized and killed 300, 400 people and saying that that's a good thing. Like, and when I say 300, 400, I don't mean in total. I mean, like, this is one person that killed 300 people. One person that killed 400 people through euthanasia. And I think, like, a year or something? Like, this is turning into another abortion thing, man. It's just that we're aborting real-life people now. And it's for similar reasons. Comfort of life. Like, just ease of life. Not being able to... You don't want to live like this. Something's wrong with you. And, you know, this used to be a thing where we were like, Oh, if your life is difficult, we'll help you. If you feel very bad about yourself, you feel suicidal, you feel like you want to die, we will help you. We'll give you assistance. We'll give you therapy. You're not supposed to give in to the person in their depression and emotional trauma asking you to kill them or saying they want to kill themselves and saying and then responding with, oh, yeah, sure. Go off yourself. What? I mean, I can't you can't get you guys cannot see the faces I'm making, obviously, but they're very dumbfounded. Uh, very dumbfounded faces, definitely, because of the just sheer stupidity of that argument. Like, why would you want to agree with a suicidal person on the idea of that they should commit suicide? So I'm in a high school. Every year, we have the... You know, um, I mean, I don't know if your high schools did this. They may not have. Depends on who I'm talking to. But, so anyway, our high school has every year a thing called Formation Days. Obviously, they aren't called that in every high school, but they're basically like days where they come to us and give us talks about general things. Like time management, um, don't do drugs. But one of the biggest ones is how to, like, not be out. I'm not going to call it how to not be depressed, but that's kind of what it is. It's basically like suicide hotline type thing. And it's about how you, you shouldn't kill yourself. There's a lot to live for. We're young. All these things. But like, so why does this stop applying at some point? Or what, what, what is the difference here? Because it's not only in Canada that euthanasia is a big thing. It's pretty much around, not I me, mean not around the world, but in the Western world at least, it is pretty prominent. And in places like America, it's definitely prominent. Even though it's we're not the highest, we're not in those big huge numbers. The like social, how do you say, like attitude toward it is very accepting. Which means that likely we will soon be in those super, super high numbers. If you want the numbers, just so you know, because um, numbers are always nice to have. Canada has over 10,000 deaths from euthanasia every year. The Netherlands has over 6,000. Belgium has over 2,000. I think it's right over 2,300. And the U.S. has over 1,300 deaths every year from euthanasia. So... That's a lot of people dying because they wanted to be killed. And that's 
again, I fail to see the difference between this and just normal suicide. Because I think we all can agree that suicide is bad. Somebody killing themselves is not a good thing. Like, I don't think that's something that's up for political debate. That's something we need people to go. We need to vote for representatives and go on a floor and debate a resolution to find out that people killing themselves or having the desire to kill themselves is a bad thing. We're all probably in agreement on that. At least most of us. And if I'm wrong... Oh boy, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with the world then. But if I'm wrong on that point, then I guess the world is more far gone than I thought. However, at least for the moment, I think that pretty much everybody can agree that suicide is wrong. And now we get to the first point I'd like to cover, which is assisted suicide. And the com- and again the comparison between just suicide and assisted suicide. So in assisted suicide, someone comes to a doctor and says, oh, this is something wrong with my life. I want to end my life now. And I'm pretty sure it's mostly old people, and it tends to be things like uh, incredible pain, that medication really isn't helping, or uh, something that they need to be on a ventilator for, for the rest of their life, things like that. In most cases, there are obviously exceptions to, exceptions to those cases. But then what I want to know is the difference between this situation. Someone goes to a doctor, says something is this is wrong for their life. I can't keep going and I'd like to end it. The same situation in normal suicide is considered bad. It's actually considered a mental illness, clinical depression, suicidal tendencies. Well, I mean, the suicidal tendencies aren't the illness, it's clinical depression. Anyway, point being that, again, similar situation, somebody comes, it's a, this time maybe it's a kid, he comes to parent, guidance counselor, friend, anyone, even a doctor maybe, and tells them that this is wrong with my life, I can't keep living, I want to end it. He says maybe uh, had a breakup, maybe feeling sick, on drugs, something like that. When I, maybe, when I say feeling sick, I'm not like, oh, people are going to go to say they want to kill themselves because of a head cold. No, I mean like they have some kind of bad sickness, uh, something like that. I'm sure people who are watching this know that there are a multitude of reasons why someone may want to commit suicide. And in, I'd like to think most of the cases, but I mean with all of those numbers, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, in fact, it's a minority of cases that get stopped, but anyway, I'd like to think that most in most of these cases, people can agree and accept that, okay, it's you shouldn't want to kill yourself. If you want to kill yourself, there's probably something wrong with you. You may be going through something very bad. We need to give you help. We need to give you support, therapy, all these good things. And the reason is because deep down, we understand that life is valuable, and we shouldn't throw away our lives for something that we can fix. Now, the argument against assisted suicide in most cases is simple as what I just did. Two minutes, just comparison between assisted suicide and suicide. There is no difference. The issue is that 
is the other part of suicide, which is the thing about old people. And the concept of saying, like, oh, they're going to die soon anyway. And it's not like a teenager where they have their whole life ahead of them. They're going to, they may be really sick. Maybe they need to go on a ventilator. Maybe they need to go on life support, all these things. That it may, that it, like, maybe isn't even worth it to keep living anyway. And that's a similar, uh, I actually broke a little bit into euthanasia territory there. So we'll just go into it anyway. The same thing, euthanasia, pulling someone off the plug. Looks like they're not going to make it. Looks like even if they make it, they'll be the vegetable. They'll be stuck as something else for their entire life. But the issue with this is that, at least as far as I know, there isn't really a coherent, logical argument against euthanasia in these cases. That does not include God. And the issue with that is a lot of people will just turn you down because they don't like the idea of God or bringing God into the argument. And with abortion, that's something we don't have to do. We don't have to bring God into the argument. We have science. I mean, again, I'm not saying that bringing God into the argument is bad. God is present in all things. God is always good. God is always good to have. But when you want to try to get to somebody... And the second they hear God, there's something on mental block. Oh, you're just a Christian, nationalist, right-wing, AR-15-loving something. You just want to take away my rights. Then there's no point, and you've lost the debate. And Well, not that you've lost the debate. Maybe you've won the debate. But you've lost the opportunity to change a mind. And if that's what we're really after, we really want to change minds and change hearts, then we need to be able to open people to that. And that's one of the issues I found with debating on euthanasia is that I don't really have a way to do it without bringing in God. And obviously there are Christians who aren't on that other side and think that euthanasia is okay, and you can bring in God in the argument against them. You can bring God in the argument against other people as well that aren't even aren't Christians, and you can, um, sorry, but just people that won't automatically block you and not, uh, deny your argument once you they hear the word God. Those are only like the crazies on the very far left. The only logical point I can come to is about the whole euthanasia thing is that it's like um, that life is important and we should defend life. And we should never take someone else's life because we know that taking an innocent life is wrong and that's like a morality thing. There's a whole philosophical lane you can go down with that. A lot of things that you could do with that argument. But what I actually wanted to talk about was the God argument. And I think that the God argument is something very, like, it's, a, it's profound, is actually is what it is. Like, it's, there's something special about it. And... The weirdest argument you're going to hear for euthanasia in terms of, like, Christians being for euthanasia is that Jesus technically killed himself. But the difference there is that Jesus' death was in self-sacrifice. He did not kill himself to escape suffering. In fact, he put himself through more suffering in an attempt to save us in attempt to sacrifice himself for us. So there's a very clear difference there. So one, if someone hears that argument, 
say what I just said. Ten seconds, boom, destroyed their argument. GG, easy. Anyway, there are two points I want to touch on here. The first one, they're both from Jesus' life. The first one is the temptation in the desert. And, I mean, you all know this story, I'd hope, if you're Christian. If you're not, then obviously you wouldn't have heard of it, most likely. But, basically... Uh, one specific part of it, the part specifically where G- uh, the devil asks Jesus to throw himself off of the building. And he says, if you do this, then the angels will catch you. And Jesus says, well, no, I'm not going to do that because uh, you sh- it says, the scriptures say, you shall not test your God. And basically, I mean, I may be reading into it a little bit. And I know that the main point is that it's saying that you're not supposed to test God. Even the Son of God doesn't push God to do things. But a point here that's actually quite important is that Jesus is saying that we have to live our lives not in, like, crazy ways. Like, even though we can depend on God, we can't be, again, throwing ourselves off buildings, literally and metaphorically, expecting God to just be a safety net for us. All the time. Obviously, he will help us. He will come to us when we are in need and save us. If we want to go to him, he will be there for us. But there's a difference. We can't keep just like put, we can't keep just throwing ourselves off and expecting like it to work out perfectly every time. And that's part, that's the first part of my whole thing is my, of my little spiel here that we have to live our lives while appreciating the gift of life that God has given us, not throwing it away. So that's the first point. The second point is actually Jesus on the cross. Because, and throughout his entire passion, actually, because Jesus goes through all of that suffering for hours and hours on end. It's ridiculous, crazy, I mean, again, if you're Christian, you know this, at least you should know the story or the general gist of the story, but we know that Jesus suffered and died for our sins, but he suffered first a lot, a huge amount of suffering. Now, the part that is not as well known is that actually, while he was on the cross, Jesus was offered a mixture of... I forget what the two things are. It's wine and something else that basically was meant to lessen the pain, kind of like a medieval painkiller. A wine and hyssop. Thank you. I remember now. Wine and hyssop. And he rejects it because he need, he wants to, he has to realize that he has to go through the suffering. And this is where we have the Christian concept of redemptive suffering. Where we suffer, we choose to go through suffering, not like we stab ourselves and are like, yeah, I'm like Jesus now. No, we choose to go through suffering, the suffering that life throws on us, not self-induced suffering, so that we can come out closer to Jesus. And we, since we have lived a part of his experience, because everyone who suffers lives through a part of Jesus' experience. Through his passion. Obviously, nobody can match the suffering that Jesus went through because his suffering was equivalent to that of 
like to make up for all of the sins of humanity that we have ever done and will ever do across all of time. So that's something infinite and nothing that we could possibly achieve. But the concept of redemptive suffering can only come true if we allow our lives to go through their natural processes. If when we run into issues, we kill ourselves or have someone else kill us, we lose the chance to go through that redemptive suffering and come out stronger. And this goes back to the whole thing about the sanctity of life. And I know, again, I talk about abortion so much. All I talk about is abortion. You guys are probably complaining. Why does he talk about abortion all the time? Why does everything tie back into abortion? And it's because abortion is just the biggest topic for me. I'm going to the March for Life this Friday. You guys better be going. I'm going to mention that again later on, but just because. Point being, our society does not value life, and that's clear. If we valued life as a society, abortion would not be a thing. Euthanasia would not be a thing. Like, these would not be things that we did. The death penalty would not be a thing because we realize that God gave us our lives. Our lives belong to God. They do not belong to us. They are his. They are not ours. They are loaned to us while we are on earth. And whenever God chooses to take back our lives and bring us back to him, that is his choice not our choice. We do not have power to decide when someone dies. Like, that's a very simple thing. And especially doctors, for doctors to be going around killing patients, killing hundreds of people after they took an oath to do no harm is the height of hypocrisy. And it is the same thing with abortion. The height of hypocrisy, they take an oath to, to do no harm and proceed to kill hundreds of thousands of people. And even though most Republicans are pro-death penalty, the death penalty is still not something that we should be doing. Because even though there are lots of super evil, terrible, horrible people out there, we still do not get to choose when they die because God gave them life. God is the one that gets to pick when it is taken away. Not us. So no matter how terrible they are, in the end, it is still up to him. So, again, life sentences, not a terrible thing. I mean, obviously a terrible thing. I mean, I don't mean like life sentence is not a bad thing. It's a bad thing, but it's like if there's horrible criminal and they need to be locked up for life, then that is something that is not, like, against God's word to do. Obviously, it's preferable to offer everyone the chance at redemption, but not everybody will be redeemed. That's just the way it is. Everyone deserves a chance, but not everyone will do it. So it's very dependent on a lot of factors. But the point here is that, at least for those three things very much abortion euthanasia death penalty people do not have the right to take the life of another person like you just don't especially not an innocent person 
I mean, obviously, in the case of death penalty, usually not an innocent person. But you just never have the right to take a life of another person. And in cases of self-defense, nobody is holding anything against you. But in the case of just trying to take the life of somebody for any, pretty much any other reason, be it something like literally malignant, like murder, or something that's little less obviously malignant, something like then they ask you to take their life. In the end, all of these things are still wrong. And I think churches need to do a better job of talking about this and making a dialogue about this. I think Christians in general really need to do a better job about being like very outward about this and saying that we are pro-life people. That is who we are. We believe that all life is sacred. All life is holy. Life is not something that we get to take away because it comes from God and therefore only God can take away life. So instead of focusing on burning Harry Potter books, churches and Christians need to focus on the issues that are actually fa- we are actually facing today. Abortion is the biggest thing that is causing problems in the world today. It starts with something like that. If you can get everybody to accept that the most innocent and most helpless life, a newborn baby, is something that we can kill, throw away, get rid of whenever we want, creates this society and this attitude in our society where life is not important. That's where it starts. So if we want to get rid of the problem, we need to go to the root of the problem. It's that people, in their selfishness and desire for a comfortable life, think that it is okay to kill other people, to kill themselves, to do all of these things. And that's where, as Christians, we really need to come through and show compassion, show mercy, show love and care for these people. Because Jesus called us not to live a easy life, not to live a simple life. He called us to live a difficult life, to walk a difficult path. But with God, with him, we'll be fine when we do it. We need to let other people know that that promise isn't just for us. It extends to everybody else. People should not be looking for doctors to kill them because they think their life has gotten out of hand. While there are still Christians in this world, there should not be people that are doing that. If we want to live up to the image of Jesus Christ, then we need to be the people who go to those people and tell them, no, you are valuable, you are loved, you do not need to do this. Your life is important. And that is what I will say to all of you guys listening today. 
that your life is important. No matter what happens, no matter what anybody tells you, and no matter how badly things may be going for you. Remember, you are loved by Jesus. And in the end, that is really all that matters. On that note, we are going to end today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, now, with, uh, my fi- announcement for the end. Two things, actually. First thing, if you've been following The Chosen still, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when I talked about that in the previous episode, but if you have been following it, which you should be because it's amazing, definitely watch the two new episodes, episode seven and eight, that are coming out in theaters. I promise you, I am not being sponsored by The Chosen. If I was being sponsored by The Chosen, I would have a video camera for you guys, but I, I am not being sponsored by The Chosen. I'm... I don't have a sponsor, actually, at all, which is pretty sad. Besides, I guess my parents. My parents are my sponsor, yeah. Parents, my, my parent, my mom and dad are my sponsors, so, yeah. Thank you to my mom and dad, my sponsors. <laughs> but, anyway, yes. So, go watch those in theaters. That's February 2nd and 3rd, 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Get your tickets. Go with your friends. Watch it. Chosen is amazing. There's so many people that have brought back to Jesus really brought them deeper into their faith. I think it's a great thing for anyone to watch, but definitely a great thing for Christians to watch, for them to see those stories. If they never really resonated with them in the Bible, for them to see them in movie form, in TV show form, and maybe that will bring you more into it. I know it's different for all people, but I love The Chosen. I I mean, the, the books, The I, I, I'm a bit of a nerd, so the book version resonated with me the most, but... They do an amazing job with it. So definitely watch The Chosen. Be sure to do that. And biggest, most important announcement today. March for Life. This Friday in Washington, D.C. Go. The march did not stop because Roe v. Wade overturned. We are not marching to overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, we were to an extent. But what we were marching for, and what we still are marching for, really, is the end to abortion. The end to it ever. We have to make abortion unthinkable. And that's what we are going to do. So we are marching once again this year, D.C., Friday, be there, or be square. (laughs) That saying is so weird. I don't know why people use that saying. Like, where did that even come from? I guess you may never know. I'll uh, get that for you guys by next time, maybe. Anyway, uh, I'll see you guys later. God bless. TLC, out.